Uh, nothing I ever do is good enough. It's not beautiful enough. It's not funny enough. It's not deep enough. It's not anything enough. Now, when I see a rose, that's perfect. I mean, that's perfect. I want to look up to God and say, how the hell did you do that? And why the hell can't I do that? <laughs> now, that's probably one of your better con lines. Yeah, it is. That doesn't mean Yo, in 96,000, I finally fix housing. Give the body your computers and wireless web browsers. Your kids are living without a good education. Change the station. Teach them about gentrification. The rent is escalating. The rich are penetrating. They are corporations when we should be demonstrating. What about immigration? Politicians be hating. Racism in this nation's gone from latent to blatant. I catch my ticket in picky. So, Han, welcome to the Under Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. This is Damon. And this is Douglas. So, Damon, I need your help. Yes. For the last two weeks, mm-hmm. this is actually something I wanted to talk about last last podcast, but we didn't do it because we did this in the height swap, right? <laughs> right. Um, that song I just played for the intro, it's been bugging my brain. I know that's a sample, but I can't remember what the fucking song it's sampled really? from, right? Um, like, I can hear, like, the intonation of the rap song. But I can't remember the song that Eight, I know six, seven it on from. An undercover cop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Douglas. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. It's been bugging me for like two weeks, and I googled it, but no one gave me the answer. Yeah, because no, that's literally that's the song it. that I was saying. I mm-hmm. can't remember the name for some reason. Deep cover, deep cover, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, uh, thing there, Big Pun and Fat Joe did like a version of it when we yes, were growing up. A lesser version. Yeah, I'll say. And nice. it's used in a number of other songs, but those two are that yeah, that's probably what I've been thinking about. Is, the, is mm-hmm. the big one that everybody would know. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You've you've solved all of my problems. I've been. <laughs> it's been it, like I like I've like every time I listen to that track, which I've listened a few times, I'm just like, I know this. Why can't I remember? You know, when a song is just like b- bothering you, like yeah, like man. what is that song? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It comes to me. Uh, from time to time and it feels like i'm losing my mind <laughs> um Ex- so yeah you- I, especially when you type in the lyrics you think you know into google <laughs> and google is just like dog i have nothing for it <laughs> <laughs> You're like hey google i thought this is what you did and google is just like you know, Not for songs you made up, dog. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking about music frustrations, what I really love is when I get that feeling, Andrew, when I listen to a song. And I'm like, I know this song. This is a, this is a cover. Who is it again? And you kind of have like a vibe in your head of who mm-hmm. it is. And you keep looking. And the internet tells you, no, no, no. The song you're listening to was actually written and performed originally by the person you're listening to it from. <laughs> yeah. There's no, you have made up a whole, like, Exa- yeah. whole yeah, part song. of your memory. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That is, it happens. It, it used to happen more. I don't know why it's not. It doesn't. I guess because I'm not listening to as much music anymore. But yeah, you, like I would hear a song or remember part of a song and be like, oh, yeah, I haven't listened to that in a while. And then it is three hours of me versus Google. And Google is just like, yo, dog, I don't know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you think we do here at Google. But this we don't it. make up music. <laughs> yeah, like we've we've ma- we've done a lot of things, but yeah. we didn't make music. We can't help you with newly created music. 
<laughs> that only exists in your mind. We can't help you. Can you please put your music into the yeah. internet so we can index it and then we'll yeah. find it for you? I'm just like, no, but the lyrics is this. And then you type in the... It, it's worse with rap songs because then you're typing in things into Google that are part of every rap song ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, dog, I know I can't help you. I can't help you. All right. Um, anyways, we're here this week to discuss the latest film from one Mr. John M. Chu, the man who brought us the Step Up trilogy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yep. know that. Oh. Yeah. That's um, not why oh. we're watching this. <laughs> that will just contextualize this conversation. Yep, it will. <laughs> um, as he brings us the film, the film edition of Lin Manuel Miranda's Broadway musical In the Heights. What does Juanito mean? Suenito? It means little dream. That's it? No story? All right, all right, everybody sit down, sit down. It's a story of a block that was disappearing. In un barrio called Washington Heights. The streets were made of music. So Damien, I need I need your help here because if you yes. don't say in the heights, it disappears. Oh, you have to okay. say. I want to know why after the blackout and in the middle of the summer, there was no songs that were an ode to Little Wayne's The Block Is Hot. <laughs> I demand <laughs> satisfaction. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to get Lin Manuel on that. He, he's answered many questions this last week about this movie. I don't think he's been asked I think that's that a crime. I think whoever yeah. did this actually, should be I think, I think if he had a song in there, that indeed would be the crime. Um, Damien, clearly the samples didn't clear. <laughs> oh, Little okay. Wayne was like, fuck you, I don't care about no goddamn um, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about musicals, dog. I, I'm out here I saw Hamilton I like that shit. <laughs> All right, so this, that shit was this, movie, this movie in the high is the story of one Mr. Uznavi who is a bodega store owner in Washington Heights and his dreams and his community of friends and family and them continually continually wanting to better themselves and find fun things to do with their day and around this time in the summer where a blackout is coming um, as the movie lets you know, like mm-hmm. I think the first shot is like three days to blackout. Yes. Um, so yeah, and it's a musical. So like they're singing about all of their dreams. They talk about the Suenito. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I think David is laughing at me because he got a better grade at Spanish in high school than and me. I'm just, it, it sounds so weird coming out of your face. <laughs> Um, Damien, you wanted to talk about this movie in the podcast, so why don't you start us off from there? All right, so the I knew that you two lunatics, Lil Manuel Miranda is the reason we're watching this. (laughs) Like, it's not, it it was very clever of Andrew to say about the step up stuff, it's real funny, but (laughs) if if Lil Manuel Miranda's name wasn't attached to this, none of us would care. So I don't know if you're doing this intentionally or if like it's just the way I'm hearing mm-hmm. it. But I keep hearing you say Lil Manuel, like Lil Wayne, right? I mean, 
now that you've said it, I'm going to only refer to him as Lil Manuel Miranda Goodwo. <laughs> <laughs> um so Lil Miranda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew you two were going to watch this movie because Douglas is still horny for his last movie. And Andrew is horny for musicals. So I knew we were, you two are going to talk about this. And so I figured the only way to force myself to watch this is to make it a podcast movie. And I did. How and, western was this musical? And again? what got me to even you know start down this road is that I saw a commercial because I had seen none of the promos for this. I knew it was coming out. Andrew had sent trailers like 14 years ago. And I, I saw people singing. I immediately turned that off. I don't to hear that. But uh, HBO Max does this thing where before it allows you to use its app. It's like, here's a thing we want you to watch. <laughs> and uh, by the time the skip thing came up, I was uh, I found myself intrigued by the trailer, and so I watched the entire trailer. I went, all right, let's see what this is about. And this movie is not Hamilton. It's nowhere near as good. The songs aren't as good. The stakes are much, much lower. Um, and so this movie feels... It... It feels like a movie that, I, I don't know, if if this weren't a musical, then I'd say, I'd, I'd, I'd say that I don't like it like at all, because <laughs> the, the story part of it is not, like, it's, it's not great, but I did enjoy a lot of the music. And I did enjoy a lot of the performances, um, especially his little cousin. I I like I love oh, him. Yeah, yeah. he's and my we, we favorite opened, part. We, we opened with one of his sections, and as I said it, when we were listening to it, yeah. that is probably one of the better parts of this movie. Just that little maybe thirty to a thirty second to a minute segment of him just doing that rap. That yeah, was, that was fun. Yep. It, it also helps that I really one. love the beat and the song behind it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, this movie only goes to reinforce that I think the problem I had with musicals before is that it wasn't a type of music that I enjoyed. Like it's not a type of music that I had a long history with. Uh, and so them rapping and having like, different um salsa and like all these other genres that i've grown up with and have a more have more connection to having them do that in this musical because it follows the same structures of most musicals uh the the thing about this one that i mean for the movie is long and Part of the reason why the movie is long is because they're giving everybody that is on screen a chance to have some song about them or their past 
or their dream or their whatever. Like it, there's the movie centered around two people, but not really. The movie is about everybody that lives on this block. And As so you, most musicals are. And so you get this wide array of people singing about things that have nothing to do with the main plot of the movie. And so this movie could have been an hour and a half easy if they throw away the girl who went to Stanford section, which is not pertinent to the movie. <laughs> if they... Like, there's so many other parts <laughs> of this movie that I can point to and go, listen, you didn't need that part for where this movie ended. For where it starts and where it ends, this is fully... Fully unnecessary. <laughs> but I understand that musicals are just a giant music video. It's like a two-sided album. They're just like, listen, we just need people to say these three words to connect you from one musical um, sketch or skit or whatever to the other. And so the stakes in the movie have to be low because of this type of songs that you're seeing. Like, even when they're making hard decisions, they have to pivot into a song. And none of the songs they're singing are dour songs. Like, it's all upbeat. It's all 90 people dancing and flipping around. And so, even in the moments where there's some tension, the tension has to, by the very nature of the movie, be easily dissipated because we have to sing songs <laughs> we have that's what we're here for the story is secondary how good are these songs how good are the performances how good is the setup the set dressing like you need to make everything look good and to the movie's credit it looks good it's directed well like all of the things that you can tick off, you can tick off, even the performances, as I said earlier, are good. It's just that the movie as a story is, is paper thin. <laughs> it is as flimsy as I've seen in anything. But because the songs are okay, like it, it brings back up so I didn't find myself I didn't find myself bored at any point in this movie which Hamilton was the first time that happened this is now the second time where I watch one of these and halfway through I was just like I don't care what them singing about I don't care what the story is <laughs> I just need this to end so I can tell Audrey he's wrong uh, that didn't happen and I appreciated the the twist at the end uh they have this setting as one thing at the start of the story and then at the end of the story it's not m shamanal night it's not that it's not this some big twist <laughs> but i appreciated i appreciated what they did and so i came away actually enjoying this a lot more than i thought i was going to um so now that i've i've firmly stood the middle ground you two can take away yeah. showing this movie with all the breeze. Douglas well, please go ahead yeah man I'm gonna go ahead so first of all I, I'm gonna step up step back for a second and I'm sorry say, you're stepping up 
I'm stepping back. Oh. Go away. No, no, we're no, not making are, are damn you jokes about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so... Are you saving the last dance? <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, that's the last one. Oh boy. Mm. Okay, so it's not some kind of high school right? musical. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I want to step back from the review um, and just say that I am so happy that we are now able to see each other. We haven't been able to see each other. Um, uh, for a long time, for various technical reasons, and now uh, for a little while we have this web um, thing, you know, video setup thing, and it's always great to see Andrew's face whenever Damien does something like say, "Oh, the girl from Stanford," and he's like, "Damn it, I'm gonna have to cut this in and 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 tell people that there are spoilers." <laughs> No, 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 no. That was not what it was about. That was all about me being like, but that is integral to the yeah. story of this movie. Right. He thinks that's part of the story of the movie. By the way, what... Andrew, you're wrong. Just yeah. to let you know. Yeah. First of all, first of all, you guys are right. If, uh-huh. if, mm-hmm. if the decision is that the story of this movie is the story of Usnavi and his girlfriend. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is the story of the movie. You are wrong uh-huh. if you decide the story of this movie is the story of everybody in the block of Washington. Yeah, but that's not how okay, you tell cool. stories. So I was about to say, that's like saying, you know what? The story of John Wick is the story of everybody in the world. No, yeah. it's not. It's a story of John Wick. By the time they get to John Wick 4, it is that story. Yeah. And guess yeah. John Wick 1 is not the story of everyone. John Wick 1 is the story of John Wick. By the time they got to John uh-huh. Wick 4, they're like, we need to give everybody time because we need to know everything. And you know what? I'll even give you that. I agree. Except it took them four movies to do that. Um, this is the first. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think I think what you're saying, Douglas, if I'm hearing you right, is yeah. little Manuel Man- Miranda is a much better writer than whoever oh. wrote John Wick. Well, hey, I'll tell you this much. It feels like four Damian, movies. He got Damien to like all his musicals. So yeah. I think that there's a, there's a justification for that statement. It's not so much the storytelling, <laughs> though. <laughs> all right. So, so to talk about this movie, um, I'm not, I don't have a lot to say because um, a couple of things. One, I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago when it came out immediately on HBO. I didn't take a lot of notes because I was more watching it for me and to just you know not podcasting reasons Mm -hmm. exactly and because you know reasons i haven't been able to watch it a second time properly which i wanted to do um and the second thing is that i tend to agree with most of what damien said a while ago right so i i guess well I don't know where Damien exactly stands with, with Hamilton. We all know that I think it's the greatest movie ever made. Right. Right? I think Damien believes it's good, but yes. okay, whatever. No, right? No, I, um, I think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It is a situation where you love that movie so hard that it, it's a black hole. So it's an almost famous story. <laughs> yeah. No, except almost famous is not as good as Hamilton. <laughs> oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's too easy. But no, too easy. Why, why I say that is, is kind of to, to contextualize where both of us are coming from, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, my reason for watching this movie is another thing that the bar is set so high that there's mm-hmm. no way to meet it. 
Right. And your reason may be something different, right? Okay. It, and and so you don't have a, as high a bar to meet, right. Right? right? So when you look at this movie, you might see a glass half full, where when I look at this movie, to be honest with you, I started from a position where the only end result would be that the glass is half empty, okay. right? Right. Um, and that's another reason why I wanted to watch it the second time, because... I wanted to more, you know, ground myself so I could have your position where at the end I'm like, yeah, it's okay, but that's fine because this movie is pretty decent. Where mm -hmm. right now I'm more like, boy, I know the movie's okay, but I'm kind of disappointed because okay. it wasn't Hamilton. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder quite curiously, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you know, know this or whatever, um, but like this musical he wrote like millennia yeah. before Hamilton. Yeah, I know. Right? I, I think this was, if not his first, like almost his first musical right? that went so, at its peak. Yeah. So, you know, this is the rough edit versus Hamilton, which like he like went all out on and became <laughs> yeah, the biggest yeah. thing that's ever become. Absolutely. I completely yeah. understand that. I right. definitely know that. But that doesn't that. change. Um, that doesn't, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I'll say, so I'll say this, right? Because of Hamilton, I know quite a lot about Lin-Manuel Manuel Miranda. Or I, at the time, went deep into looking at, are there other things that I can see from this man? Um, and I found out about all these other um, his other musicals I actually tried to find them and couldn't um, I found like snippets of some of them so I've seen like yeah some of those things thing are here, hard they, they're there. very protective of those things yeah <laughs> yeah of course and and that's that's how I knew what this was um, and and I understand the timeline which is something I was going to get into as well um, to to kind of justify this being and it's not even to justify because this is this is um, objectively a pretty decent movie and, and a, a pretty good um, source material, right? Um, but definitely, like, you know, as you get older, as you get more experience, you do better things. And um, Hamilton is, I believe, objectively fucking ten times better than this movie, right? Yes. Um, uh, and so it's, it's hard for me to come in from that perspective. And so a lot of this movie, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, but I wanted it to be so much better. Um, but there are things that I like about this movie. We spoke about Usnavi's cousin and that, that little segment that he had in the swimming pool where he was rapping on Deep Cover's beat. And it is, mm -hmm. oh, so good. It's real um, good. I also, one note I did make when I was watching the movie because I thought it was hilarious was there's a point, I can't remember who, I can't remember why, I can't remember when. But somebody was on the phone and some company had put them on hold. And the music that they that they had in the hold music was King George's um, music in Hamilton, and I nearly died. Right, <laughs> so that was funny, um, and and a nice little nod. Um, and of course, Lin Manuel Miranda himself in this movie is great. He he gets this little walk on role of. Um, <laughs> I would call him Bimbo because of where I come from. But, <laughs> ah, and Andrew knows it too. Yeah, Very I'm, cool. glad, I'm glad I'm not the only person who thinks of that, right? Because um, yeah. we went to the same school. Right? Yes. Um, his name is a Sky Juice man. Yeah, Sky Juice man, exactly. So, um, so, his character's name is Piragua. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 well, is, is that his character name or is Piragua is, the thing that he sells? 
Well, or is is it the same thing that we did in prep school? It's <laughs> the same thing. Like the, he's credited as Piragua, <laughs> okay. and he's mm-hmm. selling Piragua, right? They probably like the, the, like how you know they write these musicals where they're like, all right, this guy don't have more than one line. Let's just yeah. call him that and be done. Yeah. Um. And did you guys see? I, I know Damon is is a hater on this. Did you guys watch the post credit scene? I did, but but because I knew I didn't it was even there. know there was a post credit. I, I knew it was there from before because Twitter. So I I made sure to watch it. And, I think didn't Andrew send us a link with the post credit scene? I don't know. I think he said. I don't think I sent you a link. Okay. I don't think I did. I did say there is one. So okay. I was wondering if you guys yeah. dug it out. Yeah, um, I, I, but I there's, there's an extra song at the end with with Lin Manuel um, as Piragua as he is. Yeah, Damian, uh, it's a scene that you would like because it's just like the personification. It's it's bad mind put to song. That's okay. that's what all right. Scene. Yeah, so I'll go I'll go back. It's a fun scene. Yeah. And it's and it's one of those post credit scene that's like not like Marvel where it's like in the middle. It's like mm-hmm. end end of the credits. What they should do is put that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. Um but so so or so put it on the internet <laughs> and be like, hey, watch this because look dog. Yeah. <laughs> This movie is fun. It's yeah. it's decent. Um, I agree with Damien that a lot of it is the, the focus. This movie feels like it needs focus, but at the end of the day, you almost forgive it because the songs are, are pretty decent and you enjoy them. Um, something else that I want to say also is there is a lot of like prettiness to this movie, a lot of CG walking on walls um, oh, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and I remember thinking this when I was watching it. And again, it's all about my inability to not um, compare this movie to Hamilton, right? So I remember one of the big reasons why I loved Hamilton was how technically great it was and how it like, it almost felt even though it was a stage play and you were watching it on the stage, it felt like it had CGI, right? I, I spoke about the bullet time effects and all sorts the, of The power of your imagination exactly. over CGI. <laughs> exactly. The, the way that they, they did the lighting and, 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 and orchestrated the scene for you to, in your mind, imagine that there was all the CG. And now the fact that you have the CG in there is almost... A negative because I'm like, yeah, I know, but if you have enough money and you have enough time, I know you can do this. But the fact that they were able to, well, they definitely had money and time, but without the the requisite computing power, were able to do it on stage, like made it ten times better for me. And and so those are a lot of the things that I really um, hope that on a second and a third and a fourth viewing, that I can erase the whole, oh, you're not as good as this other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me to just be able to honestly and without any sort of like hesitancy in my mind, say, you know what? This movie was still good and I don't have to compare it to anything else. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, but there are definitely some, some um, quirks and some things that you know we could make a, a DC out of, but... It's it's pretty it's pretty decent. So like that's fun because first of all I think you will get there in the non-comparison bit, mm-hmm. right? Um, this movie objectively has some bad CG shit in it. <laughs> um, like the one that stands out to me isn't so much the wall dancing stuff um, because that that just looks I like weird. That. Yeah, it I lo- like it, it though. 
it looked weird in the way of which you can tell things aren't fitting together almost, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's it's okay like when yeah. you get into it. And to be um, fair, I wasn't saying that it was bad enough. I was yeah, just I saying know. the fact that it was CG, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know. The one the one shot for me that stood out was there was a shot in the ninety six thousand song, which is the the um the the pool the pool the pool song mm-hmm. um where like it's obvious whether it is um they made a decision late to add another shot or mm-hmm. like whatever there was like a shot or two where like usnavi or i can't remember if it was him or if it was kupo it was him uh, and he was standing um, in front of the yeah building and you and can tell he's in a green screen, screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i forgot about that yeah <laughs> sorry ben benny was the character name not kupo um but yeah yeah, there there are a couple in there which is like that. Um, but for the most part, like a lot of the bigger set pieces, like the opening song, which has that pulls out into like the the dance in the streets, mm-hmm. where they have that shot with him, like you can see him in the shop and the reflection of the dancers. Um, which I know there's some CG work in there because I've seen that done before in many movies. Um, but it really looks fantastic that whole sequence, the the um carnival um song that was started by the hairdresser lady during the yeah. blackout um mm-hmm. like that whole sequence is fantastic um the 96000 is probably one of my favorite songs in the whole thing right mm-hmm. um the movie is the movie a movie of songs right and i mean Andrew's it's getting music- better at reviewing movies yeah. last but, week but- but There's Miranda, stuff in this um, movie. Like, this clearly week he is has a movie of songs. <laughs> clearly, he has his style, right? And we spoke mm-hmm. about it with Hamilton, where it feels it. Uh, there are some musicals that feel like movies with music in it. This mm-hmm. feels like music with movie in it, and it was the same thing with Hamilton. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way because, to be quite honest, like there, in, and maybe it's the way I come to musicals because, and I mean, I've I've had this conversation with people um, where. I'm like, I'm a movie musical person because we didn't go to the theater musicals because we didn't have it, right? right? Um, so I grew up watching the West Side Stories, watching the Fiddlers on the Roof, watching all of those movies and falling in love with them. And the way they structure the dance sequences and the the music in them, whether it's that it, you can tell, especially as time has gone on and filming and I'd like to call it the MTVification of musicals, where they're no longer trying to recreate the stage experience in a lot of these things, but trying to create almost music videos in a lot of these sequences. I think you mean the step upification of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can call it that. Um, but th- there's there's like that delineation, and I mean there. There are pieces of this movie where I watch them and I'm like, oh, that's a cool music video, but it doesn't feel like a cool, like, it doesn't feel like the same as watching a lot of my favorite scenes in West Side Story. Okay. Right? As to how those are performed and how those are put together. Yeah. Um, or even, or even like a different style of it is like the Vincent Minnelli musicals, like the Bandwagon and, um, and American in Paris, where like Gene Kelly did a lot of crazy shit. Right, and they did a lot of artistic shit that they wouldn't have done. At least I don't think in different ways on stages that I wouldn't have seen on stages because I didn't I didn't get a chance to see those. Um, so this feels very different to me. And at the same time, it makes it into a mode where I feel like I just listen to the soundtrack rather than like the musical movie experience that I grew up falling in love with. 
right? Now, is it a great soundtrack? It is, right? There, there's like some really dope songs on here. Um, I mean, we can talk about the Lin Man, little sorry, little Manuel Miranda effect of like his style of music, which I remember. I remember when we talked about Hamilton. I spoke about my fear of Hamilton, where I had heard like little Man. L- the Manuel Miranda songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of becoming a tongue tongue twister saying his name. No, mm-hmm. um, the 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 style of his song where I was like, that's kind of cool to hear like one song that you hear like randomly before you actually heard the whole musical. Where I was like, Are, is every song like that? Because I feel like I'll like lose um, interest. interest as like the musical goes deep. But then finding out like when we watch Hamilton, that, like. Um, there that's like no that's his character's songs and then every other person's song has their own thing definitely there was a lot more rap influence into a lot of the songs that were in hamilton and even in this one but this one felt more like they were like all right cool usnavi is little manuel miranda which yeah. that's how it was on a stage play i yeah. believe um yeah, and all of the other characters are like "Quote unquote normal musical style characters." <laughs> normal, right? <laughs> right. Not, not pity hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most this was more singing than than rap versus yeah. the other way around. It was essentially more rap than singing in. in right. Who who I think who I think surprised me the most, um, just performance wise, was Corey Hawkins, the guy who plays Benny, who I remember as playing Doctor Dre. Yeah, I was about the, to say I forgot yeah. to say that he's my favorite part of this movie. I really oh, you forgot Dr. about Dre. <laughs> oh yeah 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 like he he stood out to me like i mean usnavi played by anthony ramos he was in hamilton we knew him from hamilton um cory hawkins i'd never seen like do musical stuff yeah. before yeah. and like, i figured he I, I didn't know he could actually sing because you know he's mm-hmm. a rapper but yeah i mean jimmy smith's like has a couple lines here and there <laughs> and we're like what the hell jimmy um but I mean, I think the the big track from this whole thing that like stood out for me, like I mean, we want to talk about the ninety six thousands. We want to talk about the opening song. I think one of the ones that stood out for me is the song for Abuela, um, Pacencia um, <laughs> Pacencia Cife. <laughs> Damon is like Andrew, you failed Spanish. <laughs> um, patience and faith, mm-hmm. um, which like. Like, I feel like that is the big track from this movie, right? It's, it's like the big musically song from this movie, which, which like, there are a lot of the songs in the movie, like, you step from character to character and you hear story to story. Like, you hear, you hear um, Nina talk about her Stanford story about growing up and, like, becoming that child who then goes off to Stanford. You, you, see, the, you see the song from Vanessa talking about going downtown and like a lot of songs are like that where like they're like all right we're now talking about this character and you can like the song or not but the song for me that i felt like was the most the most interesting like of all of those songs had to be the abuela song abuela song which which she tells the story of coming from cuba um moving to america Mm -hmm. and all of her challenges in that and i mean on top of it like just the singing in that song is just fantastic. I I don't know how you guys feel as to where you fall on like favorite tracks out of this musical. Um, do you have any to name, so, or are you just like it's been two weeks, Douglas? Andrew, stop asking me this question. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I don't know what Douglas is going to say, but 
with regards to that song in particular, the thing that surprised me about that song is seeing her vocal range. Because she they didn't ask her to do any of that before in the movie. So you saw her sing and you saw her mannerisms in the movie. So you didn't realize that um I mean it's part of acting, but you you assume that she was one way and then right there before she starts her song, you see you get glimpses that oh this is about to be a song just for her. And you see them, you see they strip away a lot of, as Andrew was saying, the music video part of the the backgrounds. Like that one was just, let's focus on her. Let's have beautiful, dreamy things in the background, like typical musicals. And let's have her blow it out. And so while that was impressive, again... That is the part of the movie that felt most like a typical musical to me. So I didn't have... Yeah, right. I don't have those connections. So, of course, that wouldn't be my... That wouldn't be the one that I point out and go, definitely that is my favorite song because that one feels the most like... I mean, your run of the mill is the word I'm going to use, but that's not what I mean. It's, it's, <laughs> Perfected is the word you're looking sure, for. Sure, sure. Sure. Uh the perfect And I mean detail. and I mean the just the sequence itself, like taking away mm-hmm. the song, like the the way that thing built like felt like the kind of sequence I'm looking for in a lot of these kinds of films. And like, I am not. Right. <laughs> Where like I still in my mind like I feel like the shot of this movie that I will have forever is the shot of when she's like standing and like the light beam comes down right. that then swaps into the mm-hmm. the pole in the in the subway car. Right. Um, or I'm like, yeah, that's that's the shit I want people to like know that they have the CG, the budget, the editing mm-hmm. versus like doing a musical in like the 40s with Ginger Rogers where they're like, just dance for me, man. No, I'm in it for the hippity hop, <laughs> dog. This is what I've came, I came here for the hip hop. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you just got both of those at the same time? And the salsa. Um, I mean, if that but... old lady could rap, I'd definitely take yeah, it. <laughs> Yeah, they just need to snap it to like run in the middle of the song and be like, I'm here. (laughs) Also, where's my block is hot reference? (laughs) Still, (laughs) it's so easy. It's so it was right there for them. At least, at the very least, Will Smith Summertime, right? I mean, that would have been more fitting, but. Uh, they didn't even do that. They didn't even take the lips. I think I think he probably got more brave with his rap references, like moving down his yeah. career. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he didn't want to start off too hard, too early, and yeah, people man. are like, "Hey, dog, <laughs> that's not what we do here." <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the, the time he got to Hamilton, it was straight Biggie lines <laughs> in the middle. I might be 19, but my mind is older. Like, yeah, I couldn't get that before. All right, yeah, Mob Deep, don't fuck with him. (laughs) Lit Manuel, who (laughs) I'd love to see the the face on Mob Deep the first time he heard that that was in. No, but but I have to tell you, like, my question is not about anything that he's done before, but 
when he finally decides to write another musical, yeah. like, what is that going to look like? How um, much money is he going to blow on samples and how many people can he now call to just be like, dog, it's you know going to look like a Kendrick Lamar musical, song right? is what yeah. it's going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> just samples running over samples. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. But yeah, favorite song, Andrew, I, I, I don't... I, I don't have the relationship with this movie like that yet to tell you, but right now I, can I just tell you can't wait is. to be king. It's, is my favorite exactly. It's it's <laughs> it has to be a tie between the two dumbest songs in the movie, which is the one we've spoken about already in the pool, mm-hmm. um, and and I almost said Mob Deep and the deep mm-hmm. cover beat, and yeah. the arm um, one in the post credit scene about bad man yeah. it's one of those two songs yeah. so it's Lucho <laughs> and bad man yeah man that sounds the great. bad man track is great like yes, i have I, I like heard. you can go on youtube and you can watch it like yeah, i've man, watched it many times <laughs> <laughs> i really did enjoy a lot of the music which is um which is good this yeah. is awesome because i was prepared to come on here and be like oh i <laughs> musical hatred again <laughs> so, something i realized um Last year, when I was listening to a lot of music, because there's nothing else to do, that because I'd listened to so much rap music for such a long time, there'd been, and they sample music from literally every genre that they can find. I had a lot of points of reference for a lot of um, salsa music that I didn't, I wasn't aware of at the time, because. I didn't I'm I don't sit down listening to any kind of salsa music. But last year I started listening to some because Pitchfork <laughs> and realized that a lot of this there's a lot of the music that I'd heard before, despite the fact that I'd never heard these songs before. And that's one good that's one good thing about rap. That's the bad thing is yeah. is the rest of rap music <laughs> <laughs> is the subject matter um yep. the thing that it is it did to society as a whole the shitty way we dress the shitty way we talk about women the shitty way we approach consumerism those are the bad parts of rap but the good parts is that it broadens your horizons even when you don't <laughs> Anywho, I like your movie, Andrew. Yay! So that's officially two musicals we can like. I mean, if if the exception to the rule is Lil Manuel Miranda, <laughs> Lil Rando. <laughs> Are we going even shorter though? Yeah, Lil Rando. <laughs> it's Lil Rando. <laughs> and Mob Deep. <laughs> I sincerely hope like he hears this one day and just says little rando. I'm just like, yeah. Little rando. <laughs> um but yeah, in the heights, Tump approved. It is. Tump certified. Definitely. Um Do you yeah. like musicals? No? Great. <laughs> I have a musical <laughs> for you. <laughs> Um, can I just say, like, one of the moments, one of the, this is like the tiniest moment of this movie that makes me smile every time. Um, so Rosa Diaz is in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she has a small bit in the Barrio song, in the Carnival Barrio song. Um, and the moment where she goes, but I just say I'm from Queens and does mm-hmm. that little kick, like, I don't know why it makes me smile. Because you only saw her in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
and that is so out of character for the person that you know her. Like the thing you identify her as is like the Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'm from Queens is not the thing in this movie. I enjoyed no. seeing her in in this. Um, she wasn't asked to do much, but it was no. nice to know that she doesn't play the same character in every single thing. Stephanie Beatrice is her name. No, no, it is. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. moving along. Um, this week we continue in our in our marathon of one Mr. Luis Binwell. Yes, we did, and we move into his film of the year, nineteen seventy-two, titled "The Disc Love, The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie." Qu'est-ce que tu fais là? T'allais venir. Non, 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 pas ici, c'est pas possible. Oh, mais pourquoi? Ah, mais tu cries trop fort, tu le sais bien. De sa vie, toi. Dans ce cas, éteins la lumière. Pourquoi? Parce oh, yeah. que je suis pas um, encore guéri. The film is a film of a group of friends mm-hmm. who are living a lie as they try their hardest to sit down and have a meal, but no matter what they do, something always stops them from having a meal. That's literally what this movie is. Stuff it's, a, it's a long joke of these people trying to sit down and eat food, and no matter what happens, whether it is um, that their friends are fornicating in a in a yard and in they the think that they they think that the the police are coming for them <laughs> to raid and the they, host to raid oh the host and they then leave before oh the meal God. starts or whether it's that the military actually breaks in and stops them from sharing a meal to say that they're doing quote unquote maneuvers um there's there's literally no plot to this movie outside of just how can we sit down and eat and how can we break this apart um, it is a nearly two-hour film of this joke, which I did not appreciate. But it is a joke. And I think at that point, I'm going to hand it off to our foreign correspondent of humor, Damien. Okay. Yes. Can you please weigh in? All right. So the movie is on 40 minutes. Let's say half hour into this movie, because the the first the first bit is uh, what Andrew described. There, they invite people over, and then um, the initial couple is so uh, drunk, so horny that they have to have sex in the bushes, and so they go off and do that and tell the people downstairs have drinks. And they're taking so long that their friends start to panic because they're doing nefarious things. They're, there's drug smuggling and all sorts of other things happening. And so they start to get wary of what's happening. They ask a maid. The maid is like, I saw them run off into the bushes. And so they're like, the only reason they do that is if there's some raid and then they run away. After they leave, a priest shows up for no reason. <laughs> uh, and he's just he's just there. And he now becomes part of the so it's it's three um uh, it's three three couples. Couples six, six, six and, people. Right, and this priest. Or 
and so what is he the fluffer in this whole scenario is that what happens if it ever got to there then maybe okay but after the first bit i was just like well this seems less crazy than his prior movies let's see what happens the second scene is one of the wives cheating on their husband with another one. So there's like some, <laughs> there's, there's, there's cheating going on. But before any of that happens, the three wives meet in a cafe to get something. They order tea, but there's no tea. They order um, coffee, there's no coffee. All of the things that order, the waiter goes away and comes back and is like, we don't have any of those things. This is the point where the movie turns from something I would never watch to something that I enjoyed so very much. A man walks over to them. He is in military garb and he asks to sit down at first. I'm like, he's definitely hitting on these women. Let's see what happens. And then this man tells a story that is so ridiculous and then immediately walks away. And I went, I think I know what this movie is now. And then the movie just keeps going and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and more and more strange things happen. But whenever... Whenever we get to the climax of each situation, someone wakes up. It's always someone different. <laughs> someone wakes up and is like, I was dreaming that I went to somewhere and these things happened. And that is, that is their way to essentially reset everything. And then they have another scenario where they're coming together as couples to have a dinner and then weird shit happens. And... The parts in this movie that I... Because this movie is on a whole not good. It's not a great movie. <laughs> but every time this officer comes and tells one of his stories and the movie then just moves... Like, no one has a big reaction. No one goes, this man is a lunatic. He just... And then they fade off into his dream or story. And it is always, uh, I love those stories. So, no. Do I love those stories because this movie is real bad and I'm grasping at anything that I can to hang on to this probably bad movie? Sure. However, <laughs> those scenes are so good that I've just accepted the rest of the movie what it is. I didn't realize this movie was a joke. Until you said so, Andrew. I just thought this was madness. I just thought this movie was so crazy. Just for re like for reasons. There, he's just like, listen, I can't do this. So I'm going to do this. And the final scene uh, is, I think, a delight. And But it is reset. So the stakes are established early. And he never subverts your expectations. Like, whenever the things happen, you're just like, oh, wow, that happened? And then someone wakes up and you're like, oh, no, none of this is real. But he's not establishing a timeline. He's not telling an overall story. There's parts where the couples are just walking down a road to nowhere for no reason, and then they just move on. 
And I, after the initial 30, 40 minutes, the next hour, once I knew what the, sh- the movie was, I spent the next hour with a giant smile on my face. Now, is this movie good? I don't think so. <laughs> did I laugh a couple times? I definitely did laugh a couple times. But I don't think this movie is good. But I did enjoy this movie. I know I definitely laughed a couple times, but I think I laughed more out of my own built-in frustration of just like, like I think it took me a lot longer to catch on as to what this movie was. Like, as I was, I feel like halfway through, I just went to Google and someone told me. <laughs> and I was like, what is shit's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, because, like, I think the one that stood out for me was the one where they sit on, they, they sit down to eat and it opens up and it's a stage. Yeah. And someone is going, like, read your, your next line is yeah. this. And they're, like, they're just weirded out. Um, <laughs> yeah. By the time it got there, I was just like, I like this one. I can't wait to see the next one. <laughs> this one is real dumb. And I like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As I promised you guys last last time, this one's a lot less creepy. There's no creepiness. No, 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 no. no, no, no. There's still, there's there still is a lot of creepiness. Um, Andrew, Are you going to have to remind me? Scene, it's been a few there's, weeks. There's a scene where um where a fella frisks a lady that doesn't need to be frisked as thoroughly I've, I've, as... I've blacked that, part, that scene out of my mind. I think yeah. it's been three weeks since I watched but, this movie. Um, yeah, so uh, this movie. First of all, Damien, I'm here to tell you this movie is not good. <laughs> no, I have a um, strong yeah. feeling that this movie is bad. Yeah. Um, it being I, bad didn't <laughs> diminish my enjoyment. <laughs> I like Andrew. Uh, uh, of some ways into the into the movie, looked at Google to see what was happening and, okay. and, and, and figured out. But the thing is, this movie is a prototype, or it it is. It has the bones for what actually could be a good movie because the concept of something as simple as, you know, I am trying to, us as friends are trying to sit down and have a meal or hang out together and just can never do it because ridiculous things happen and it builds and builds and builds is something you could make into a very funny movie. Please see the party. Um, (laughs) And... (laughs) I love uh, seeing Andrew laugh because he hates that movie oh, so much. I forgot um, to make a How I Met Your Mother reference in yeah. in that other movie. Mm-hmm. Damn it! I missed my chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You you you, you missed your shot. Yeah. Yep. Damn it. Um, and even at some stage, I remember thinking that this movie had it didn't have a feeling. That's too strong a word because this movie is way too French for that. But I got a vibe, a whiff of um, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life from this movie. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you were to, I guess you could go down one of two paths in terms of making this movie good and making this movie funny, right? You could go down the Monty Python Meaning of Life road where you're able to kind of do some of the more French things that they did where, you know, things get reset you wake up and it's a dream because how you know it it could have been just too ridiculous to be real life and you keep going over and over again and and just putting making sure that it's more funny than surreal or you could go down the road of just being a straight ridiculous almost like will ferrell-esque comedy when he was you know huge um 
of building on the funny and having it be a single narrative, but just being a ridiculous single narrative, um, like said that or the party, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I am happy that this movie is over and that I never need to watch it again. You, 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 you found your way out of the purgatory. <laughs> yes. um, like, I realized I made the mistake watching this movie where, like, at that hour in point where I was confused, I was trying to track a narrative as ah. to, like, how these people, like, played together. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. the, Damon, you talked about, like, the drug smuggling. And, like, they have a lot of small things that, like, you can sort of track that's going on, like, really with these people and trying to figure out which ones were dreams and which ones are not were real, right? And that's where I realized I've made the mistake watching this movie, right? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. French I nonsense. Like, I felt like up to the first half hour or 45 minutes, they still thought they were going to track some of these narratives. And then after that, they just made the decision. They're like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then I've, it just completely broke, you know? Yeah, and some of that might be intentional where he's like, all right, I think I can trick them for like 30 minutes into yeah. trying to keep up. Yeah. And yeah. then at some point, your brain should catch on that right. there's no keeping up. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, in that cafe, when the man tells the story, I went, this is the French nonsense I have been looking for. <laughs> this is lunacy. <laughs> and then they just cut back and the, the movie just continues. And so by the time they got to the... Because the very next scene is the stage play thing, right? I go, this is lunacy. I haven't seen French lunacy like this in a while. And once my brain picked up on the fact that all of this is madness, then it was just me watching these scenarios, essentially looking for where the, the joke is coming from. And so I, if you, you guys had to, if you guys had to stop at some point and go, I think, I think this movie is breaking my brain. I need Google to verify that I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> it is late. I, I need to get this movie done. <laughs> For I me, it was very know. early in the morning. Like I I've, to... I've been doing early morning okay. movie watching. I need to know that I am not losing my mind here. But I quite enjoyed all the silliness. Because it's a silly movie. When you, yeah, when you look at it um, from the point of view of these people are trying to have dinner and no matter what they do, they'll never have dinner. That, because it's, it's like a Groundhog's Day scenario. They're just like, all right, we're just going to keep doing this over and over and we're coming up with more and more silly ways to get this done. I'm happy that none of these were um, something widely creepy like <laughs> his prior movies. At no point was I uncomfortable. Even the pat down thing. Yeah. He was searching her for a gun, allegedly. No, <laughs> allegedly. Uh -uh. She did come there to there shoot were, him in the there face. There were overtures made yeah. um, even after that. So. Listen, it's French. Yeah. That's how you pat down people in France. <laughs> I, feel, but, I feel like these movies show me a lot more about the movie maker than I really want. Right. He's <laughs> a creepy, creepy man. Yes. Uh, that has been given a lot of money and a lot of power. So it won't surprise me if there were a lot of women saying he did bad things to them over the course of his life. 
I'm not going to check because honestly, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I think uh, the two scenes that stood out for me, as you mentioned, the the one where the ladies sit down and order the tea. Yeah. Um, like I remember that one well, especially with the guy, the the soldier coming and telling the story. Um, and I remember, I remember tracking that point to, to like going through the story. I'm like, all right, cool. This is like some random backstory mm-hmm. that won't, I maybe don't need to remember, but you know, it just goes mm-hmm. off. Um, I also remember very well the end of this movie, which I remember because eventually what I like to think of it is the cathartic ending where someone actually takes a bite of food. Ah, right. Ah, yes. Where I'm like, oh, they finally got to eat. Someone, <laughs> someone finally got to eat. To eat something. <laughs> um, eat in that ridiculous scene. No, no, could someone take the shell of this movie and make a far superior movie? Yes, I'm sure they can. But I, we've we've been doing these marathons for a while now. Uh, I will say this is my favorite for the for the movies that we've watched as part of marathons this year. This is far and away my favorite. I will actually um, remember this one. I'll tell you this much: I've watched a few of the trailers for the proposed next marathon. Mm -hmm. I believe we are about to be in for a time. Oh no! Listen, (laughs) listen. Andrew's pandering to me and you specifically with this. This is not what Andrew wants to do. Andrew just doesn't want us to not do this podcast. The, the marathon said what happens? Andrew knows what he expects to do in the future, and right. knows he needs some brown Right, <laughs> right. This is the this is the calm before the storm. <laughs> because he's not going to find more well-known directors. He's going deep. <laughs> We're going to come oh. out of these same things that we should have said <laughs> about people we've never met. <laughs> But yeah, listen, I, I'm fully, I thought Douglas would have caught some more of the Amzos in this movie, would have been more on board. But listen, I, none of this movie screams good. <laughs> like it's not, I'm not foolish enough to go, no, hey guys, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> no, this movie's. <laughs> this movie is lunacy, but it's French lunacy. You're and not I miss... taking the the Willie's approach, Willie's Wonderland approach. I I haven't seen. No, no one is taking that approach. You're I'm wrong, this sir. Approach. Sir, you are wrong. So you're a bad person. <laughs> I haven't seen plastic bag jellyfishes in a while. Ooh, yes. And so it it is a thing. Like before that movie, it wasn't a thing I knew I needed in my life. And then Douglas said, "Hey, Damon." Get there's a genre of movie you didn't know about that you like plastic bag jellyfish. Can you remind me what's the name of that movie? Actually? I have no idea. Uh, I have it in XBMC as plastic bag jellyfish, just so I that we're clear. So, so there's one movie, Andrew, from those people called The Fairy or La Fay because it's French yeah. or something like that. I think that's I can't yeah, remember that's if that's the one that's that we one. watched, yeah. or that's, the one. that's the one that's what comes up at the title. But I have it in Cody as plastic. Why would I have it as anything else? <laughs> Sadly, I actually haven't watched any of their other movies. Um, it was very hard to find any of their other movies at the time, but I, every once in a while, I still think about them. <laughs> I don't want to watch more. Yeah, because life seems too normal, and you're just like, I need French lunacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all need French lunacy. Sometimes. Not all the time. <laughs> Let's be clear. 
Well, not all the time. I believe the next couple movies in this marathon goes to Mexico. So this is the end of France Mexico. for us and Luis Manuel. I get to hear Andrew slaughter the <laughs> Spanish language some more. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I only got a three in Spanish. Hey, dog. Hey, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still, every once in a while, think about Jetemi. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the people that make the razors, right? <laughs> <laughs> so moving right along mm-hmm. into what we've been watching, um, who wants to kick this off? Damien, what have you been watching? All right, listen, this is the f- this is the first week I can honestly come out to this thing and go. I watched Loki episode two. And literally every other second was sports. <laughs> I did that intentionally because I was like 99% sure Dave did not like... watch. I had your two movies to watch Wrath of Man and Nobody. I had them queued up. And then someone went, Hey, Damien, guess what happens as soon as Euros is finished? Copa. <laughs> went, well. <laughs> and you have NBA to watch? I watched. I watched Loki season two while taking the episode two while taking a shower. That is how little time. <laughs> oh no, we I have questions here. Okay. How uh, how do you manage do you have like a TV in the bathroom? No, the tablet the is waterproof. Come on. The tablet's waterproof. And so there's I've, a done, I've done this with I've done there, this with football. Already, there's a speaker. I put the tablet so I have glass in my shower, so I put yeah. the tablet behind the glass so it oh. won't get wet. No, my tablet is I fully just, good. I just, I just turn around and watch the football through the glass. I've done this. When before. like when like you have to wash off the other side of your body, do you yeah. like do you like pause the show to like no, so you, do you don't quick. miss it? You do it quick. <laughs> the water gets everywhere (laughs) oh so you just don't turn in the show turn to what (laughs) What it's water water goes what how i I have a how are you sure (laughs) because it sounds like you have special water (laughs) that only wets one half of your, your body at a time I don't have that. <laughs> I don't know. I always like yeah. to keep the water like on the front side of the show, so I have space to like step away. Right? No, I, Maybe I, I yeah, turn Damian, sideways Damian, and wash the like, whole of my body. It, it, it's it's like you know how you have um one way glass. Oh, okay. You know, okay. One, one oh, I didn't. Glass. I didn't realize. No, I don't have that technology in my show. So <laughs> here is what I watched this week. First off, I did not watch a podcast movie because I didn't watch In the Heights. I watched that before. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, uh, I watched Superman, the 19... Uh, Christopher Reeves? Yeah, the OG Christopher Reeves Superman. one. Why doesn't this tell me which, which year it was? I guess I have to go into it. I think it's 1970-something movie that Christopher Reeves was in. Um, and I only watched it because I had watched most of the movie before this week and had maybe 15 minutes left. I then watched this shitty French movie for the <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. And finally, I watched John Wick only because Andrew was 30 minutes late, giving me 30 minutes to watch the last 30 minutes of this movie that I hadn't seen. Um, I had no time at all to do yeah. anything this week yeah, man. <laughs> other than work and work. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't even watch sports. I couldn't even say that. So, yeah. 
our sports it's, today. It's, I watched, it's been I a good week today. of sports. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's been a real good week. And that has upset me because As, the Euros, I mean, come on. I should really if you're not an England fan, I mean, <laughs> if you're an England fan, it's been a bad <laughs> 60... 62 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I said, I watched I watch today's matches, but that was mm-hmm. pretty much for the... Today's matches, plus I watched a piece of... I watched Denmark. Actually, I didn't watch the first Denmark match. I literally turned on the first Denmark match and then emergencies happened. Yes. Um, and I watched... I think I watched the first... Did I watch the first? Yeah, I watched the Russia match, I think. That's about it. Russia? Whatever match it was. I'm, Italy. Uh, Italy. Jesus. Okay. Yep. Yeah, football is going on. Shit. I've watched a lot of the Euros. Um, you know, it have helps you to just have the, the tablet up. No, I've, yeah, I've ignored watched, the Copa completely. I watched completely. one or two Why? Copa matches. Um, because after a few news announcements, I just assumed every match would be delayed. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> there's no matches today. There's there's Copa tomorrow, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I don't know. I just maybe it's maybe it's I have a I have a hard cap on how many matches I can watch in a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm or i'm just again. like by, by the time i hit match three of the euros i'm just like no i i need to do something else with my time you're right disclosing now. some things about yourself that i was fair i thought you knew how to show up properly <laughs> <laughs> and i assumed the cap on football matches in a day is however many hours you can divide two into <laughs> so 12 yeah i mean if you have more than one tv you can probably squeeze in exactly. some more and if you if you're doing it right and you're able to just cut out half time then yeah they're like 15 you know whole lot of math you can yeah. do in there yeah, yeah man. i have Wait. no cap just so you were clear when there was a period last year when sports came back when Man. every sport was back, NFL, yeah. football, there was one Sunday where mm-hmm. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to watch a Formula One race. And I went to sleep at 12.15 in the night when the, cowboy ga- the Cowboys game was done. Yeah. And in the meantime, there was just back-to-back sport. I, t- I didn't have to get up <laughs> to change. It was What's Beautiful. your daily record for most matches in a day? Um, when I was younger and I didn't have to do anything, we used to wake up in the morning and watch EPL. Then we'd watch Italy. Then we'd watch Spain and watch NBA. So it literally would go. We'd have like a two-hour break when the England matches were finished and there was the Spanish matches, but those didn't start till three. So we'd get from like one to three. And you'd have two hours where we're just like, what are we doing with our lives? Yeah, And, and then the football would start that, again and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you can't even do that nowadays because they, they're spreading them out more. Yeah. Especially in England. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is... I think 90% of that is the COVID where they were they were doing it intentionally mm-hmm. to be like, we want people to watch it on TV. Right. Since they can't come to the stadiums. Yeah. So I'm going to be curious to see if they still do that spread like come this yeah. season when it looks like people are going to be back in the stands again. I feel like they will. I kind of actually, like at first I didn't like it, but now I prefer it because what it allows me to do is to decide because I'm watching more leagues. Mm-hmm. So so what what i find happening is i have like a chelsea match in early in the morning which i have to watch and then 
after that, um, Atletico will play and I'll watch mm-hmm. that. And then after that, um, Dortmund will play and I have to watch that. So I'm able to just go between the leagues. And then in the evening, either it's a Sunday and I watch NFL or it's a Saturday and then I watch like one of those EPL catch-up um, mm-hmm. shows, you know? Yeah, my favorite thing to do when we, like, we used to go to, we used to spend a lot of time at Joel's house on Saturdays, right? Because we just go there and watch football. And then when there was no sports, we'd like play basketball for a second and until sports came back. But it was always fun because every, we all had different teams and we'd look at matches that are happening all over the footballing world and decide if someone watching their team play a bad match is worth more than watching a good match on another league. And the answer was always, absolutely not. We don't care about your team. <laughs> no one cares about your team. I'm not going to watch Man U play West Ham when Atletico playing Real Madrid. I don't care about it. <laughs> you go home and watch that. Because uh, we're terrible people. And I miss, I miss that. And hopefully one day we'll be able to see people again. But until then, you know, stay on my yard. Are we getting a proper app this year, Douglas? Have you read any of that? Has anyone That's said forward. EPL is putting out a proper app? EPL? Yeah, just an EPL, official EPL football app that you, you know can that pay. For. That can't happen because, NB- well, actually, I know that this is this is nego- contract negotiation times because people in Australia were doing it. Is NBC going to still have EPL in the US? I don't, I don't know. know. But NBC has it in the US and places have it all over the place like i don't think so i don't think epl is ever going right. to do that let me let me roll through this then i have a couple to talk about all right andrew that's right. right this is a movie podcast um, <laughs> sorry andrew <laughs> that's fine um so i have a few things to talk about um i want to start out by talking about one of the smallest things which is a new anime um and uh, um this is an anime an, an anime that's uh, unlike a lot of anime it's actually not based on, on on a manga it's an original anime by the name of sonny boy um which is directed by shingo natsume um he is the man who brought us um a lot of episodes of space dandy including the entire of the first season of one punch man okay um, yes please this, um the anime isn't out out yet apparently like i caught this last night um, it's going to be on Funimation streaming wise, but last night they had like an early airing of like the first episode and they put it on their YouTube channel and you can like watch that one episode for free. So I watch that one episode, um, and it is weird, right? It is, um, about some sort of high school and I don't know how much of it is dreamy versus like they're making a superhero thing, um, in which like all of the children get superpowers and the teachers are missing and it's very weird and odd, and I don't know what to really think of it. The one thing I have to say is that animation looks fucking incredible, right? Um, it reminds me a lot of one of my favorite shows from a while back called Ping Pong, um, directed by the guy who made... His name is Masa Yuasa. The guy who made um, Devilman Crybaby. Um, like, it's... It's very like simple. It's not like those highly detailed shonen styles. It's a very like simple drawn style, and the animations just seem 
amazing and i'm intrigued by it like it's not like so i'm going to like just list a lot of fucking anime right now it's not like um a different show that i heard really great things about called wonder egg priority which looks fantastic but like i watched one episode and i realized what the show was about and immediately went no i don't really want to watch this um where it's like it's one of these shows that's like very science fiction very fantasy based animation is like incredible um, and it ends up like you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is going to be like a show about a young girl with trauma who is like having these fantasy battles that are like cathartic coming over her trauma um, m- stories, which like I watched the episode. I'm just like, no, I don't even want to know how far this goes. <laughs> um But I'm intrigued by the Sonny Boy show. I don't know when it's actually going to start airing like the episode schedule is for like I think it's probably going to start airing in Japan soon. I don't know when it'll be out here. So I'm looking forward and I'll wait to hear more on that. Um, next thing I want to talk about is I watched a movie from the year 1974, which stars one Mr. James Kahn. Um, the movie is by the name of The Gambler, which is actually the original to a movie that was remade oh, like cool. probably a decade ago. I forgot yeah, how yeah, old that, Mark you know, the Mark Wahlberg gambler movie. That's what yeah. I thought. So weirdly enough, I saw, and it's completely unrelated to you, Andrew, or maybe this is what prompted you to do this. But I saw some random people talking about this movie on Twitter um, just a couple of days ago. And I was like, hmm, um, is that the same movie as the Mark Wahlberg movie? Um, and also, I it's it's always hard for me to hear when people say things like, Oh, the layered and and multifaceted um, uh, performance by James Caan, and I'm like, I don't know if I read look James Caan like look, that. Look. <laughs> movies, movies of this time is different, right? They're built different than how we watch movies today. Like, I don't know what people see when they talk about the multi-layered shit, right? Because like, to me, like watching James Caan in a movie like this, he's just like a hard-ass motherfucker yep. who's just like. I'm I'm gambling my life away and he's 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 it's just like seeing him in Thief where like I love Thief right um but he is just the James Khan as the James Khan character he is just a hard criminal who is like doing stuff and there are things about movies in the 70s where they kind of skip a lot of the emotional um discussions mm-hmm. and they just kind of like do shit Right, because they're not crying movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like this movie is about a man crying. He's like, I'm losing all my money. Oh, the yeah. goddamn Celtics lost the game. Um, yeah. Right, but the movie, the, there can be crying in a movie and it not be a crying movie. <laughs> um, I actually really like this movie. Like it made me almost, like I don't remember how I truly felt about the Mark Wahlberg movie. I remember you know you how you're, yeah, it's bad. It's like a bad it. movie. <laughs> I, think, I think like that movie came out in the period of like American Hustler and like a lot yeah. of those movies. And we went style. to the theater and we saw that movie and that movie's bad. <laughs> and I remember, and like I think the fighter was nearby it. And I remember just kind of liking that style of the movie. I don't remember like if I really liked it or not. And it's weird because this movie is tricking me into trying to rewatch that movie. Oh no, don't do that. That's not <laughs> how you want this to end. <laughs> um this movie is cool. I like this movie. I and mean, it's interesting because like I don't really see Paul Sorvino in a lot of movies. 
Um, so he's in this thing and he's kind of awesome. Uncle um, Yep. It helps that like I also rewatched the color of money near it. So I'm like, this feels like even though this is like a decade apart of movies, like it feels like the same sort of ethos. Like um I know a lot of people shit on the color of money as being like the lesser Scorsese. I've always liked it. Um and I enjoying that movie. Yeah. I enjoy that movie. A good amount. Andrew likes a Scorsese movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Um, the news like breaking news you heard that's, it here first um that terrible movie he made that's nine hours on netflix do you like that i don't even remember no that. no that movie's oh, bad okay. just making sure um but yeah the gambler good did, movie james Khan. sorry did douglas just say signs Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so I said silence, and I was oh, hoping okay. to start, you know, the just okay. immense amount oh. of trouble that that oh. would start. But okay, I'm, well, yeah. I'm ignoring you. Yeah, right, you're not close enough to get punched in the face. Sorry. See, this is the fun part of having yeah. us on three separate tracks. I can just like cut that out, and yeah. no one said it. Right? Yeah, this didn't happen. Um, so yeah, that's the Gambler, Gambler 1974 edition. Mm-hmm. Good movie, James Khan. Like I'm coming to, I'm coming to the terms more and more. Like I feel like James Khan for me. Like I saw him in The Godfather, and then everything he became in like Elf and After, right? Like all of that middle ground. I'm like, who is this man? Um, and like I'm filling in the gaps here and there, and I'm like, I think I like the James Khan of the 70s. Um, he. I think I think what actually spurred me on to watch this movie is recently um, the Cannes Film Festival happened, and I saw someone make a dumb joke to be like, "My at home Cannes Film Festival, James Cannes." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! As soon as he said the Cannes Film Festival, mm-hmm. I knew where that was going, and that is the type of dumb joke that I will always um, appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it might be my new yearly thing, which is whenever the Cannes Film Festival happens, I you watch Cannes. <laughs> Movie. And do you does Star Trek right um, exactly? Do you watch Star Trek too? The entire time you've been saying James Khan, I've just been sitting here not saying aloud, but just screaming Khan in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last thing I want to talk about is bringing up my new favorite segment of the podcast, which is Damien. Have you seen this Western? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> the is no um, this week. I think I think inherently right now I'm forcing myself to watch a lot of westerns just to do this dumb thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good because now you get to watch good movies. <laughs> so this film is from the year 1965. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars um, gentlemen by the name of um, Giuliani Gemma, directed by Ducio Tessari. Oh. Right. You're an Andrew Butcher Italian. Dude. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> like how many languages can I He's not even making an attempt. <laughs> Gorlavi. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny with the Coco? Like you'd think he'd pick up some of it because he's watched European sports his whole life. <laughs> you think some of the subtleties, but nope. <laughs> no, none at all. Gooly gooly, gooly gooly gooly. This movie is by the name of A Pistol for Ringo, and right? I don't think I've seen this one. Oh my god, I got is one. This, is this the one that um has that song? Um, is it Leonard Nimoy that sings the song about Ringo? No, I don't think so. 
Um, there is a there is an English speaking song that starts and ends this movie. I can't remember what it is right now. I'll look it up, but I don't think it's the Leonard Nimoy song. Um, this is this is one of those movies. It's on Criterion Channel. It's a part of the Ennio Morricone um, collection that they've put up. Lots of Ennio Morricone movies are westerns, so you know I'm watching some of those. Um, this movie stars um, the gentleman I mentioned. I won't butcher his name twice. Um, as he plays the character of Ringo, um, he is a rapscallion mercenary who murders people but always gets off in trial by calling it claiming it to be self-defense like he always architects it in a way that he can say look the man had a knife i had to shoot him right that's not a (laughs) Um, knife and at the same time um a group of mexican bandits rob a bank and they go and they hide out in a in a rich in a rich family's farm and ringo is then co-opted by the sheriff to go and try and find a way to like get them out of the farm away from the the civilians and Ringo is like out for himself saying he wants 30% of the money so on so forth and it's shenanigans ensue right um or as Damon likes to say things happen yep right <laughs> um the movie is a joy end to end it is a like Oh, and 40 minutes it is like it is rapscallion nonsense for all of that time Ringo is like I think they made a second movie with this guy playing Ringo which I'm gonna have to look out for and find somewhere because he is incredible um it is it's not as good as the guy um as the guy from the big gun down um that rapscallion yes but movie is up there and Ringo is a lovable scamp I like there are parts of this movie where he is just playing ridiculous and I love it. He is he gets sent off by the sheriff and the sheriff is like, you need a gun. He's like, no, I don't want a gun. They'll shoot me if I show up with a gun. Um, to which he then finagles his way into getting a gun from the bandits. Um there and the rest of it is just like Western ridiculousness where people are the fastest shot in the West and they can't miss a bullet. Right? I've added it to my list. Um, the, the strange thing about describing any Western at this point is that it sounds like a movie I've seen before, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm looking at the trailer now and I do not recognize that guy, the lead guy. I'm like, maybe this is a movie where I have heard it, like I've seen it, but not by that name or whatever, but I just looked at the guy's face and that's not a person I recognize. So no, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen this one. So, yeah, but I will. It's a fun ass western. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So you did it. I did it. It, it only took me like what two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally caught one. <laughs> you did it. Um, thank you, Criterion Channel, or as I like to call you, Western Channel. No, that that's legally trademarked by something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm treating the Criterion Channel like a Western Channel right now. <laughs> Except you watch French nonsense on it for the marathon. Okay, cool. I do watch French nonsense on <laughs> yeah. there. I also do watch like Canadian thrillers from the seventies. So you know, it's. I mean, it's Michael mistake. Jackson went to Canada. When did that happen? <laughs> um, I also rewatched Akira for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's not um, as good as you remember, is it? I still like that movie a lot, but mm-hmm. I also recognize. Right, I think the thing that stops pe- that makes people not like that movie is um, bad. I'll, yes, I agree. Um, I mean, Douglas is wrong, but whatever. The <laughs> end of that movie, 
mm-hmm. like there's a point where like it switches from like just gun shooty science fiction like laser beams mm-hmm. action into like no we've gone into like this man's head yeah and, like it does like it and that's not like a two minute scene it's like 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. of like that i think like that's like the biggest thing that for me where i was watching and i'm like oh yeah i don't really love that part like- the thing you remember are the bikes and the the street like it feels like a street punk vibe when you think when in your head you're like oh yeah that's akira but that is not what that movie is <laughs> that movie goes into hard sci-fi halfway through and then just never leaves it's just but, like we're going to be weird but it also reminded me of like the number one reason i truly love anime and it's it not beautiful Right, it's animation <laughs> itself. Like it when is. I get to see someone like do that much effort into Dog. making animation, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, like I can't help but follow. Exactly, like that is the thing that, no, despite what you might think about and about anime in general or whatever, like coming from watching stuff like The Lion King and whatever, the first time you saw. What the people in Japan were over there doing. You're just like, no, dog. <laughs> Disney's not. <laughs> like, Disney at its best is not coming close to what is up. Have you seen the madness that... Like, it is the thing I will always remember about Ghost in the Shell. Every time I watch that thing, I'm just like, I don't even know how they did this in the 90s. It seems important. Like, I, rem- I had a computer in the 90s. It wasn't doing what Ghost in the Shell was doing. <laughs> I don't know how they got that done. That it's is the same magic. reason I'm still excited to see the Demon Slayer movie when yeah. I can finally stream that. Like I like, look, guys, I enjoy the Demon Slayer show, mm-hmm. but it's not the same show. I'd come on here and say, Damien, you need to start watching the show. It's actually a really right. dumb, nonsense show in any show. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the animation is fucking yeah. incredible. And it makes me more upset, like more like I'm watching more and more stuff. And when I can see the gaps where people are just like being like no we didn't do any animation yeah. work this week <laughs> like i remember the first movie disney put out that i was impressed with the animation was tarzan but that movie is bad <laughs> like the tarzan movie where they had him like surfing the vines and stuff there are scenes when you can see that people sat down and spent a lot of time and a boatload of money to make that look good but the rest of that movie is so bad that no one ever thinks about that movie. But the only if... thing I think about that movie this these days is I don't know when this joke started, mm-hmm. but there's like a frame of that movie where Tarzan is swinging, doing mm-hmm. Tarzan shit, and at the same time he's holding Jane. Right, Jane is the yeah. lady in Tarzan. Sure. Um, he's holding <laughs> Jane with both arms, like how you would hold, like mm-hmm. you know, a woman you're typically like taking across the threshold that you've just married. Right. Right. But he's swinging mm-hmm. and the vine is behind him. And people are like, how did this work? And people are like making the joke of like he has the vine like between his ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only thing I have in my head right now, like thinking about that movie these yeah. days. Um, yeah, like Japan animation, even to this day, there's times like it is part of the reason I enjoyed One Punch Man so much because there's like when the animators really like go off in one punch man you can't like you see it on you're just like nobody in the west is coming close like Korra is the only thing that comes close until you find out that that the animation is done in south korea 
it's not a Western show at all. It's yeah. an avatar. You're just like, oh, so even the things that America has that could come close aren't from there. <laughs> so I mean, a lot of anime these days are being produced and made in South Korea and China. Yeah. Like it's been outsourced because... No, I'm just saying, their... it's yeah, so weird that the thing that I, I could point to and go, hey, they're catching up, isn't them. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyways... Yeah. Um, so yeah, congrats to me today because You're the only A, one we all loved a musical. Yeah. B, um, I found a Western theme and I was not watched. Right. And I talked about anime. So, you know, I feel like I've, I've, I've you won. succeeded. You see, you I've, won, the I've won the podcast. Yeah, man. Right. This one. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew wins. <laughs> Fla- almost flawless victory. The, the marathon. He didn't like his own marathon movies. <laughs> It's it's hard sometimes. Yeah. You know, when like when like you go down the marathon path and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I've made a horrible mistake. Yeah, this, this this ain't it. Um, um I haven't read any other like normally I'd go through after I watch a movie and like read some stuff that people write about the movie. I enjoyed this one enough that I was just like, no, it's alright. You're I'm, like, I'm good with my interpretation. Yeah, I don't care what anyone else is saying because I'm going to write something. And then it's going to influence the things that I say on this podcast because it's so wrong about a lot of matters. <laughs> They'll be like, this movie is a, it is a critique on some. And you're just like, no, dog, this is a joke. This movie is not a critique of anything. Pray, Mama, you would find work combing the stars in the sky for some sort of sign. Hi, Mama, so many stars in Cuba. In Nueva York, we can't see beyond our street lights. To reach the roof, you gotta bribe the super. Ain't no Cassiopeia in Washington Heights, but ain't no food in La Viola. I remember nights, anger in the streets, hunger at the windows. Women folding clothes, playing with my friends in the summer rain. Needs a job. Mama says we're poor. One day you say, Vamos a Nueva York. And Nueva York was far, but Nueva York had work. And so we came. And now I'm wide awake. A million years too late. I talk to you, imagining what you do. Remembering what we were.